Homeland, Chapter 16, Sacrilege. Last day. Drizzt breathed in relief as he donned his ceremonial robes. If the first six months of this final year, learning the subtleties of magic and sorcerer, had been the most enjoyable, the last six in the school of Loth had been the least. Every day, Drizzt and his classmates had been subjected to endless eulogies to the Spider Queen, tales and prophecies of her power, and of the rewards she bestowed upon loyal servants. Slaves would be a better word, Drizzt had come to realize, for nowhere in all this grand school to the drow deity had he heard anything synonymous with, or even hinting at, the word love. His people worshipped Loth. The females of Menzabaranton gave over their entire existence in her servitude. Their giving was wholly wrought of selfishness, though. A cleric of the Spider Queen aspired to the position of High Priestess solely for the personal power that accompanied this title. It all seemed so very wrong in Drizzt's heart. Drizzt had drifted through the six months of Arak Tanilith with his customary stoicism, keeping his eyes low and his mouth shut. Now, finally, he'd come to the last day, the ceremony of graduation, an event most holy to the drow, and wherein Verna had promised him he would come to understand the true glory of Loth. With tentative steps, Drizzt moved out from the shelter of his tiny unadorned room. He worried that this ceremony had become his personal trial. Up to now, very little about the society and Drizzt had made any sense to him and he wondered, despite his sister's assurances, whether the events of this day would allow him to see the world as his kin saw it. Driz's fears had taken a spiral twist, one rolling out from the other to surround him in a predicament he could not escape. Perhaps, he worried, he truly feared that the day's events would fulfill Verna's promise. Driz shielded his eyes as he entered the circular ceremonial hall of Arak Tanilith. A fire burned in the center of the room, in an eight-legged brazier that resembled, as everything in this place seemed to resemble, a spider. The headmistress of all the academy, the matron mistress, and the other twelve high priestesses serving as instructors of Arak Tanilath, including Driz's sister, sat cross-legged in a circle around the brazier. Drizzt and his classmates from the school of fighters stood along the wall behind them. Maku, the matron mistress commanded and all was silent save the crackle of the brazier's flames. The door to the room opened again, and a young cleric entered. She was to be the first graduate of Arak Tanilith this year. Drist had been told the finest student in the school of Loth. Thus, she had been awarded the highest honors in this ceremony. She shrugged off her robes and walked naked through the ring of sitting priestesses to stand before the flames, her back to the matron mistress. Drizzt bit his lip embarrassed and a little excited. He'd never seen a female in such a light before, and he had suspected that the sweat on his brow was from more than the brazier's heat. A quick glance around the room told him that his classmates entertained similar ideas. Bagel, Sinini, Calame, the matron mistress whispered, and the red smoke poured from the brazier, coloring the room in a hazy glow. It carried an aroma with it, rich and sickly sweet. As Drith breathed in the scented air, he felt himself grow lighter and wondered if he soon would be floating off the floor. 
The flames of the brazier suddenly roared higher, causing Driz to squint against the brightness and turn away. The clerics began a ritual chant, though the words were unfamiliar to Drizzt. He hardly paid them any heed, though, for he was too intent on holding his own thoughts in the overpowering swoon of the inebriating haze. "'Glabrizel!' the matron-mistress moaned, and Driz recognized the tone as a summons. The name of a denizen of the lower plains, he looked back to the events at hand and saw the matron-mistress holding a single-tongued snake whip. "'Where did she get that?' Driz mumbled. Then he realized that he'd spoken it aloud and hoped that he hadn't disturbed the ceremony." He was comforted when he glanced around, for many of his classmates were mumbling to themselves, and some seemed hardly able to hold their balance. "'Call to it!' the matron-mistress instructed the naked student. Tentatively, the young cleric spread her arms wide and whispered, "'Clabrizo!' The flames danced about the rim of the brazier. The smoke wafted into Driz's face, compelling him to inhale it. His legs tingled on the edge of numbness, yet they somehow felt more sensitive, more alive than they ever had before. Glabrizu, he heard the students say again louder, and Drizzt heard, too, the roar of the flames. Brightness assaulted him, but somehow he didn't seem to care. His gaze roamed about the room, unable to find a focus, unable to place the strange dancing sights in accord with the ritual sounds. He heard the high priestess gasping and coaxing the student on, knowing the conjuring to be at hand. He heard the snap of the snake whip, another incentive, and cries of Glabrizu from the student. So primal, so powerful were these screams that they cut through Drizzt and the other males in the room with an intensity that never had they believed possible. The flames heard the call. They roared higher and higher and began to take shape. One sight caught the vision of all of the room now, caught it and held it fully. A giant head, a goat-horned dog, appeared within the flames, apparently studying this alluring young drow student who had dared to utter its name. Somewhere beyond the other planar form, the snake whip cracked again, and the female student repeated her call, her cry beckoning, praying, the giant denizen of the lower plain stepped through the flames. The sheer unholy power of the creature stunned Drizzt. Glabrizu towered nine feet and seemed much more, with muscled arms ending in giant pincers instead of hands, and a second set of smaller arms, normal arms, protruding from the front of its chest. Drizzt's instincts told him to attack the monster and rescue the female student, but when he looked around for support, he found the matron-mistress and the other teachers of the school back in their ritualistic chanting, this time with an excited edge permeating their every word. Through all the haze and the days, the tantalizing, dizzying aroma of the smoky red incense continued its assault on reality. Drizzt trembled, teetered on a narrow ledge of control, his gathering rage fighting the scented smoke's confusing allure. Instinctively, his hands went to the hilts of the scimitars on his belt. Then a hand brushed against his leg. He looked down to see a mistress reclined and asking him to join her, a scene that had suddenly become general around the chamber. 
The smoke continued its assault upon him. The mistress beckoned to him, her fingernails lightly scraping the skin of his leg. Drizzt ran his fingers through his thick hair, trying to find some focal point in the dizziness. He did not like this loss of control, this mental numbness that stole the fine edge of his reflexes and alertness. He liked even less the scene unfolding before him. The sheer wrongness of it assaulted his soul. He pulled away from the mistress's hopeful grasp and stumbled across the room, tripping over numerous entwined forms too engaged to take note of him. He made the exit as quickly as his wobbly legs would carry him, and he rushed out of the room, pointedly closing the door behind him. Only the screams of the female student followed him. No stone or mental barricade could ever block them out. Driz leaned heavily against the cool stone wall, grasping at his stomach. He hadn't even paused to consider the implications of his actions. He knew only that he had to get out of that foul room. Verna was then beside him, her robe open casually in the front. Drizzt, his head clearing, began to wonder about the price of his actions. The look on his sister's face, he noted, was still more confusion and not one of scorn. "'You prefer privacy?' she said, her hand resting easily on Driz's shoulder. Verna made no move to close her robe. "'I understand.' she said. Driz grabbed her arm and pulled her away. "'What insanity is this?' he demanded. Verna's face twisted as she came to understand her brother's true intentions in leaving the ceremony. "'You refused a high priestess,' she snarled at him. "'By the laws, she could kill you for your insolence.' "'I don't even know her,' Driz shot back. "'I'm expected to—' "'You're expected to do as you are instructed.' "'I I care nothing for her,' Drizzt stammered. "'He found he could not hold his hand steady. "'Do you think Zachnafane cared for Matron Malice?' "'Verna replied, knowing that the reference to Drizzt's hero would surely sting him. "'Seeing that she had indeed wounded her brother, "'Verna softened her expression and took his arm. "'Come back.' she purred, into the room. There is still time. Drizzt's cold glare stopped her as surely as the point of a scimitar. The Spider Queen is the deity of our people, Verna sternly reminded him. I am one of those who speaks her will. I would not be so proud of that, Drizzt retorted, clinging to his anger against the wave of real fear that threatened to defeat his principled stand. Verna slapped him hard across the face. "'Go back to the ceremony!' she demanded. "'Go kiss a spider,' Drizzt replied. "'And may its pincers tear your cursed tongue from your mouth!' It was Verna now who could not hold her hand steady. "'You should take care when you speak to a high priestess,' she warned. "'Damn your spider queen!' Drizzt spat back. "'Though I am certain Loth found damnation eons ago!' She brings us power, Verna shrieked. She steals everything that makes us worth more than the stone we walk upon, Drizzt screamed back. Sacrilege, Verna sneered, the word rolling off her tongue like the whistle of the matron mistress's snake whip. A climactic anguished scream erupted from inside the room. Evil union, Drizzt muttered, looking away. There is a gain, 
Werner replied, quickly back in control of her temper. Drizzt cast an accusing glance her way. Have you had a similar experience? I am a high priestess. Her response was simple. Darkness hovered all about Drizzt, outrage so intense that he nearly swooned. Did it please you? He spat. It brought me power, Werner growled back. You cannot understand the value. What did it cost you? Verna slept, nearly knocked Driz from his feet. Come with me, she said, grabbing the front of his robe. There is a place that I want to show you. They moved out from Arak to Nilith and across the academy's courtyard. Driz hesitated when they reached the pillars that marked the entrance to Tiabrek. I cannot pass between those, he reminded his sister. I am not yet graduated from Meliamad's there. A formality. Werner replied, not slowing her pace at all. I am a mistress of Arak Tanilith. I have the power to graduate you. Drizzt wasn't certain of the truth of Werner's claim, but she was indeed a mistress of Arak Tanilith. As much as Drizzt feared the edicts of the academy, he didn't want to anger Werner again. He followed her down the wide stone stairs and out into the meandering roadways of the city proper. Home? he dared to ask after a short while. Not yet, came the curt reply. Driz didn't press the points any further. They veered off to the eastern end of the Great Cavern, across from the wall that held House Duarden, and came to the entrances of three small tunnels, all guarded by glowing statues of giant scorpions. Verna paused for just a moment to consider which was the correct course, then led on again, down the smallest of the tunnels. The minutes became an hour, and still they walked. The passageway widened and soon led them into a twisting catacomb of crisscrossing corridors. Driz quickly lost track of the path behind him as they made their way through, but Werner followed a predetermined course as she knew it well. Then, beyond the low archway, the floor suddenly dropped away and they found themselves on a narrow ledge overlooking a wide chasm. Driz looked at his sister curiously but held his questions when he saw that she was deep in concentration. She uttered a few simple commands, then tapped herself and Drizzt on the forehead. "'Come,' she instructed, and she and Drizzt stepped off the ledge and levitated down to the chasm floor. A thin mist from some unseen hot pool or tar pit hugged the stone. Drizzt could sense the danger here, and the evil. A brooding wickedness hung in the air as tangibly as the mist. "'Do not fear,' Verna signaled to him. I have put a spell of masking upon us. They cannot see us. They? Drizzt hands asked, but even as he motioned in the code, he heard a scuttling off to the side. He followed Verna's gaze down to a distant boulder, and the wretched thing perched upon it. At first, Drizzt thought it was a drow elf, and from the waist up, it was indeed, though bloated and pale. Its lower body, though, resembled a spider, with eight arachnid legs to support its frame. The creature held a bow ready in his hands, but seemed confused, as though it could not discern what had entered its lair. Verna was pleased by the disgust on her brother's face as he viewed the thing. "'Look well upon it, younger brother,' she signaled. "'Behold the fate for those who anger the Spider Queen.' "'What is it?' Drizzt signaled back quickly. "'A drider.' Verna whispered in his ear. 
Then, back in the silent code, she added, Loth is not a merciful deity. Drizzt watched, mesmerized, as the drider shifted its position on the boulder, searching for the intruders. Drizzt couldn't tell if it was male or female, so bloated was its torso. But he knew that it didn't matter. The creature was not a natural creation and would leave no descendants behind, whatever its gender. It was a tormented body, nothing more, hating itself, in all probability, more than everything else around it. I, however, am merciful, Verna continued silently, though she knew her brother's attention was fully on the drider. She rested back flat against the stone wall. Drizzt spun on her, suddenly realizing her intent. Then Verna sank into the stone. Goodbye, little brother, came her final call. This is a better fate than you deserve. No! Drizzt growled, and he clawed at the empty wall until an arrow sliced into his leg. The scimitars flashed out into his hands as he spung back to face the danger. The drider took aim for a second shot. Drizzt meant to dive to the side, to the protection of another boulder, but his wounded leg immediately fell numb and useless. Poison. Drizzt just got one blade up in time to deflect the second arrow, and he dropped to one knee to clutch at his wound. He could feel the cold poison making its way through his limb, but he stubbornly snapped off the arrow shaft and turned his attention back to the attacker. He would have to worry about the wound later, would have to hope that he could tend to it in time. Right now, his only concern was to get out of the chasm. He turned to flee, to seek a sheltered spot where he could levitate back up to the ledge, but he found himself face to face with another drider. An axe sliced by his shoulder, barely missing its mark. Driz blocked the return blow and launched his second scimitar into a thrust, which the drider stopped with a second axe. Driz was composed now, and was confident that he could defeat this foe, even with his leg limiting his mobility, until an arrow cracked into his back. Driz lurched forward under the weight of the blow, but managed to parry another attack from the drider before him. Driz dropped to his knees and fell face down. When the axe-wielding drider, thinking Driz dead, started towards him, Driz kicked into a roll that put him squarely under the creature's bulbous belly. He plunged his scimitar up with all of his strength, then curled back under the deluge of spidery fluids. The wounded drider tried to scurry away, but fell to the side, its insides draining out onto the stone floor. Still, Drizzt had no hope. His arms, too, were numb now, and when the other wretched creature descended upon him, he could not hope to fight it off. He struggled to cling to consciousness, searching for some way out, battling to the bitter end. His eyelids became heavy. Then Drizzt felt a hand grab his robe, and he was roughly lifted to his feet and slammed up against the wall. He opened his eyes to see his sister's face. He lives, Drizzt heard her say. We must get him back quickly and tend to his wounds. Another figure moved in front of him. Uh, I thought this was the best way, Verna apologized. We cannot afford to lose him, came an unemotional reply. Drizzt recognized the voice from his past. He fought through the blur and forced his eyes to focus. Malice, he whispered. Mother. Her enraged punch brought him into a clearer mindset. Matron Malice, she growled, her angry scowl only an inch from Drizzt's face. Do not ever forget that. To Drizzt, 
Her coldness rivaled the poisons, and his relief at seeing her faded away as quickly as it had flooded through him. "'You must learn your place!' Malice roared, reiterating the command that had haunted Drizzt all of his life. "'Hear my words!' she demanded, and Drizzt heard them keenly. "'Verna brought you to this place to have you killed. She showed you mercy.' Malice cast a disappointed glance at her daughter. "'I understand the will of the Spider Queen better than she,' the matron continued. Her spittle sprang Drizzt with every word. "'If you ever speak ill of Loth, our goddess again, "'I will take you back to this place myself, but not to kill you. "'That would be too easy.' "'She jerked Driz's head to the side "'so that he would look upon the grotesque remains "'of the drider that he had killed. "'You will come back here,' Malice assured him, "'to become a drider.'